Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the 425 Show, your place to be for all things real estate and lifestyle related here on the East Side. I'm your host, Nicole Mangina, with Windermere Real Estate. And we've got a phenomenal guest with us today, Dana Adams. How are you? you? With the Life Mapping Institute, um, but also you are a Windermere agent as well. And yes, we were chatting before the show. Uh, We didn't actually plan it this way, but I think it worked out great that you're here on this day. You know, I always do a real estate update at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the show. It's usually a look at what happened in the past week. But today is a big day for Washington State real estate, or at least the media is making it into a big day. I think Mm -hmm. for us, it's kind of, it's always been this way. Um, For those of you that know and or don't know, there were some lawsuits on the East Coast. Um, I think earlier this year or last year. Anyway, long story short, there are new disclosures and for buyers to know how much their agent is getting paid and the seller is no longer required to pay the buyer's commission. That being said, they've never been required. It's just kind of, but it is the way we've traditionally done it. Mm-hmm. And there's pros and cons to that. So it's interesting. I You got to love the media <laughs> and how they spin things because the article that came out in the Seattle Times yesterday was buying a home in Seattle just got cheaper because, and what basically what they were saying in that article was, you know, if the seller now chooses not to pay the buyer's agent, mm-hmm. basically what they're implying is, is that they're going to take that savings and subtract it from the price of the house. Or, yeah, or the cost to sell the house. Exactly. Right? I think yeah, that's or probably from not pr- going to happen. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I think it depends how you look at it, right? Right. Whether the people think they're getting the savings or not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that remains to be seen. My guess is they won't. They'll just, you know, they may decide not to pay it and then want to keep the price the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a buyer, you just, there's still lots of benefits to having a buyer's agent. For sure. Um, I do not recommend in any scenario that you purchase a home without your own specific individual representation. The listing agent might be phenomenal, but they're not your agent. Mm-hmm. You need your own. They do need to be compensated. This is their career. Um, they do provide value, but now as a buyer, you're just going to be looking and evaluating properties differently. You know, a house, because now it's not apples and apples, it's apples and oranges. If you have two homes with the same price, one is offering to pay your agent for you as a buyer, one isn't. Now you have to come up with the money to pay your agent. One is actually not only more expensive, but more cash out of pocket. Um, it's a very different playing field. So it's just things to know going mm-hmm. into it, conversations to have with your agents, both as a seller and as a buyer, right. um, so that you're going in with your eyes wide open, knowing, you know, as a seller, I believe there are still a lot of advantages to offering to pay that buyer's agent. I think you're removing barriers to entry and mm-hmm. you're creating a bigger buyer pool mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't, they don't have to have as much cash to close. What right. are your thoughts? Yeah, no, and I would agree with that. And then also I would say for anyone who is a buyer mm-hmm. out there looking to mm-hmm. not be surprised if their right. agent that's representing them asks for them to sign this form, which we traditionally, most agents haven't been having signed right. before. The buyer's agency. Right. right, although it's existed. But now, mm-hmm. because that is how we are paid when we represent buyers, Right. I think more agents will be asking for that to be signed. Exactly. So... We'll see mm-hmm. how it all works out. <laughs> changes, I think change is good. Um, I, I actually, I like it because it allows us to establish points of 
value and points of difference mm-hmm. as agents because we are different and we do provide different values mm-hmm. and levels of service to our clients. So now as a consumer, you can go out and find the level of service that works for you. And as agents, it's easier for us to articulate that. So stay tuned. Yeah, so curious to sure. see where we end up in six to 12 months with this <laughs> whole thing. But there you go. That's our take on it. Uh, and now we're diving into the Life Mapping Institute. Enough about real estate. If you have questions, you can always reach out, Nicole, at NicoleMangina.com. We can talk about what might be the right scenario for you. Um, but the Life Mapping Institute, you were here once before. I was. And we had all kinds of great conversations. Um, I've since read your books, so we're going to talk about more of that. And more importantly, you have a teen version of the Life Mapping that you are doing. Yes. So I am going to run the first ever uh, parent and teen life mm-hmm. mapping workshop at the end of October. Great. And that is in cooperation with Evergreen Health, which is fantastic. fantastic. I think they see the value in it. Mm-hmm. And also it just fits really nicely, as, partly because this is uh, that age, the teenage years when I really started to learn a lot of these tools. Mm-hmm. And I think it really helped me when life was pretty chaotic for me at home. And also that's just really where I have a special passion. And Mm -hmm. um, having been on the Evergreen Health Youth Mental Health Task Force, it really is a nice fit in helping to also address a lot of the mental health issues that teens are facing right now. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It is a lot. There's teens, they, you know, it's just that time of life, there's a lot going on. And then you add, you know, the whole electronic version of life. And yeah, I already fascinating. think it was a really a challenging time, even mm-hmm. when we were younger. But to add the social media component onto it now, I can't even imagine it's trying to deal with thing. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you've already done a couple. You were just telling me you did some things over the weekend with some teens. Yeah, I did. I had the pleasure of helping to present a, at a teen workshop for middle school girls. Mm-hmm. And this was primarily mostly sixth graders. There were some seventh and eighth graders Mm -hmm. there. But I was able to talk about the inner critic. And for them, we refer to that as the inner bully. Which I think applies at any age, quite honestly. It does. (laughs) But it's definitely relatable at that age. Yeah, and especially because that's where a lot of times we're at that age where we Mm -hmm. adopt those thoughts. Something happens, usually something a little bit dramatic Mm -hmm. or traumatic, and we internalize those situations when oftentimes it doesn't even really have anything to do with us. Yeah. It's almost more of the kick the cat scenario. Sure. Um, where if you're the younger person and you catch, you know, whether it's mom or dad or teacher or coach or someone at a bad time and uh, you're in the way of some words that are exchanged that are hurtful. Right. Um, a lot of times we really internalize those um, mm-hmm. as a way to try and make sense of how we need to show up in the future right? to be accepted and to get love from the person or acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and it's amazing as an adult when you unpack some of that stuff <laughs> and you realize, huh, that thing stuck with me a little longer than I thought it did. Absolutely. Yeah, I like, I like to think that um, there are signs of an inner critic when we see some of these patterns repeating that are not healthy for us. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's that old story that we tell ourselves. Right, exactly. And so if somebody's out there, again, we're talking with Dana Adams of the Life Mapping Institute, your teen. I just think this is amazing that you're Mm -hmm. doing it for teens. It's so great. Um, It's at the end of this month. If they wanted to find out more about it, where Mm -hmm. would they go? They would go to the website, the Life Mapping Institute website. Okay. And under workshops on the tab there, 
there is registration information. Got it. Uh, also, I think at Evergreen Health, they have some information in their Perfect. education department. Okay. But yeah, it'll be for, it's for parents and teens. Um, it can be one parent or both parents, mm-hmm. or it can be more than one sibling. Right. So they have the option for that. And it's, I, I think it's a great way to try it out. And I think it's a great thing to do in conjunction with your teen because you're learning a new language. Right. And really what it, what it does is it allows the teen to have some ownership about who they are mm-hmm. and sort of what makes them unique and what direction they might want to go in life. I think that's great. And what mm-hmm. a gift to attend it with your teen. Mm-hmm. To, it's just one of those things, like when you show up, they know that you're really in it. You yeah. really care. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think as as parents, I mean, the, the adults that have come through the workshop mm-hmm. have had such positive things to say about just getting clarity sure. for ourselves because we don't very often take that time mm-hmm. to get more clear. And so I think that when you think about a younger person who's just trying to mm-hmm. make their way, um, it can be a really great guide sure. for them to have gone through the process once. And the beauty about life mapping is that it's something you can keep coming back to throughout right. your life. Mm-hmm. It's not something you just do once. Yeah. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And we were talking before the show, I've read your book, mm-hmm. um, Live Your Gift, and it's amazing. One of the many things I love about it is you do this from such a foundational standpoint. Right. Meaning, you know, I've done, I love a good goal setting <laughs> session. It's great, right? Sky's the limit. What do you want? You know, let it rip. You get it out there. Super fun. Mm-hmm. Love doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you're just, you know, you need a solid foundation, I think. To make it stick, right. to make it last, to make it feel doable, and to kind of keep you going when the going gets tough. And you have a whole series of things that you take people through mm-hmm. before you even get to the goal-setting part. Yes. Which do. I think is so, super important. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I really appreciate about the process is it has people start by going back a couple of steps mm-hmm. and really getting clear about, you know, first of all, what are your beliefs? about why you're here, why you're having this life Mm -hmm. that you're having, um, which I firmly believe there's a purpose for all of us here. Absolutely. But to really stop and think about what we individually think that that reason is. And then from the beliefs section, we move into what our principles are, Mm -hmm. which is really just another way of saying, you know, what kind of behaviors do we want to have? Mm -hmm. How do we want to show up? Uh, how do we want to interact with people, sure. and especially whether it's our children or our partners? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we want to behave and how do we want to be thought of mm-hmm. even when we're not in the room? And right. are we acting that way? You know, is that how we're really mm-hmm. uh, demonstrating um, what those beliefs are and how we how we want to connect with people? Sure. And if not, then we can have this awareness to change it mm-hmm. in the future. And then from there, we talk about values. And, you know, there's just such minor differences, really, between the three. But what's unique about the values is that they can tend and should actually change with time. Right. So as our focus in life Mm -hmm. might shift from, say, we're in an early career, we're just out of college, to then we may be in a transition of getting married or having kids. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, you know, our kids might be going off and we become empty nesters. So there's all these sort of critical junctures in life. And when those happen, oftentimes our core values will shift. Mm -hmm. And so the research that has been done on goal achievement 
really states that if we set goals that are in alignment with our core values, sure, that is really when we have the best odds of achieving those goals. Mm-hmm. And so if you've ever set a goal and you find like, oh my gosh, like I am not doing anything <laughs> toward accomplishing this goal. Like I'm either sabotaging myself or it's really something I should be doing, but I'm not doing it. Sometimes the goals might sound great, but it Mm -hmm. may not actually be in alignment with where our priorities are. And sometimes that's where the resistance comes in. Absolutely. So it's, it's for sure. It's something to look at and, and these tools and life mapping allow Mm -hmm. you to have that awareness so you can. Yeah. And I think that's such a big thing to acknowledge. I talk with my girlfriends about that all the time of we are definitely in in the thick of it right we've got Mm -hmm. kids in school so we're in the kids in school lots of sports phase of life (laughs) (laughs) which means you know if I had a goal of I don't know being something that would require lots and lots of travel Mm -hmm. that's not in alignment with my core value which is to be there with the boys and with Gary for those things Mm -hmm. Um, so but that could be Five years, five years from now, that could be totally in alignment with my core values, right? Sure. The boys are out of the house. They're off doing other things. So I think, to me, that's really reassuring and kind of beautiful to realize there's certain things that align with certain, you know, phases of life, Yeah, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and then I think that one of the challenges that parents can have, you know, when they're, when the kids are becoming their own Mm -hmm. people and having their own identities and needing to detach a little bit from their parents Mm -hmm. is trying to have uh, the willingness to give them space to do that. Right. So that they can. I know. I know. Because what the reality is what they may not believe what we believe, you know, know. and then have your own principles and beliefs as long as they're the same as mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. At the point at which they deviate, we have to talk. (laughs) Oh, and so I think it's like, it's almost like the harder that you hold on to those. Oh, the more they fight, which I do the same thing. Yeah. I can't blame them. And so what, you know, I know that they say like personalities are, are pretty much established in those beliefs that they have by the Mm -hmm. time they're 12. Yeah. Um, So as long as we have done a good job in, you know, teaching them those foundational beliefs and morals and, and values and whatnot, you know, we hope that they'll come back to it, even if they're sure. pushing away from us. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um, I, I think that that's, you know, one of, one of my real passions about pursuing this for teens is because I think there is a lot of pressure mm-hmm. um, on them right now, this expectation, you know, you, you might have to go to college or you, then you have to volunteer and you have to be doing a sport and have a yeah. job. And it's a long, I think the, lo- the list is longer for teens than it is for adults, quite honestly, of the, all the stuff you have to do. Right. If you're going to get anywhere. And, and it's amazing. Really, I think it's like once, once kids go through that experience and maybe they are at college and they're realizing like, oh my gosh, they're already burned out, right. <laughs> you know? Who was that really benefiting? Mm -hmm. Because, um, again, I think that's where we can sometimes project our own concerns and fears for how will our kids be successful out in the world when in reality, if they're confident about who they are Mm -hmm. and they're pursuing the things that that they love Mm -hmm. and that they're passionate about, they're going to be okay. Right. You know, it's just I know as as a parent, it's it's hard to let go and sometimes easier said than done because you know I mean I catch that for myself and sure and uh, especially with my oldest he's graduated college and he's trying to figure out what his path is um, mm-hmm. 
because, you know, he had this great idea about what job he was going to go out and get, but sure. it's not necessarily materializing that way. Interesting. So. Mm-hmm. And he'll be perfect and he'll be fine. He will. And it'll be wonderful. He will. And I just, you know, I'm just like, keep reminding myself, hands off. Like, you know, he, he'll get this. I mean, I think about myself at that age, I was married already. Were you, <laughs> you <know>? really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, so. you know, and I and I think that is so true is that when, when we remember that uh, there isn't anything our parents could have said or done no, you anyway. Do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love the emphasis on the beliefs and the principles and the values, though. Um, mm-hmm. Just from a daily it's like a, those are filter questions to mm-hmm. me. Right. Yeah. I always call them filter questions as you're put into and you talk about this in your book. As you're making different decisions or doing different things, I think you talked about an event you signed up for kind of right when you were ready to turn in the manuscript and yep. then you realized that wasn't the right fit. But, mm-hmm. you know, as when you get into your teens, that they're faced with some choices, right? you know, and situations and instances that they're going to have to make decisions. Right. And if they have spent the time to figure out some of these things, it's very the helpful. hope is that that will give them a stronger sense of self. Right. In that moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if and an example of that, if I could give one would be, you know, let, let's say that there is a teen who's really committed to their sports. Mm-hmm. And so part of that commitment uh, is that in an, in school, part of the policy is you're not going to use drugs. I right. mean, there's like a zero tolerance mm-hmm. policy at most schools for that. And so they're going to have to have principles in line sure. with showing up that way, mm-hmm. um, that they're going to be committed to their sport. They're not Absolutely. going to be persuaded or pressured mm-hmm. into doing something that isn't in alignment with what their bigger goals are. And so I think by doing these exercises, it allows them to own those mm-hmm. decisions. And sure. I think it makes it much, much easier mm-hmm. when faced with a difficult situation like that. Absolutely. To just really own the fact of, you know what, that's, um, that's just not something I'm going to do. It, yeah, it really doesn't support what my goals are for my sport or for school, and um, that's just that's a no go zone for me. Yeah, um, you know I'll be the designated driver. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to laugh at you <laughs> while you're doing your silly things. Yeah, but. yeah. So I I think that that kind of clarity is really beneficial. Absolutely, I think that's great. And mm-hmm. even I think on the daily things, we had a conversation last night at dinner. Alex was telling us he's our sophomore about this gal in one of his classes, they have to turn in their homework to get credit for it. Uh-huh. She's laughing. She's boasting. She's like, check it out. I've turned in the same piece of paper six times, and I've gotten credit for it every time. Oh, my God. And he's, he's laughing, and we're just so you know, that's not how we roll, right? And she's making her choices, and that's that's good for her. We'll see where that gets uh-huh. right? We wish her all the best, but you're doing your homework each time. Yeah, yeah. And you do realize that we'll more than likely catch up with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's that thing of like, you know, if you've ever heard the defense of, well, all of my friends are doing it. It's like, yeah, all my my friends' parents let them do that. Yes, like, which, well. by the way, they're not. If, <laughs> no. if there's any kids out there listening and you're doing the, oh, what was me? You're not the only one. <laughs> there's other people with uncool parents. Your parents might be totally uncool, but there's other people with uncool parents, too. And you'll thank them one day. Yes, they will. <laughs> they will for sure. Yeah. That's great. What are some of the other things that you're covering in your teen workshops uh, at the end of the month? I want to say yeah. this weekend because you ha- you do have one mm-hmm. for adults this 
weekend. I, I have Thursday one. Thursday and Friday. Yeah, right? this week, Thursday and Friday. So people could jump in if you want to. Again, mm-hmm. we're chatting with Dana Adams of the Life Mapping Institute. And they right. could go online to lifemappinginstitute.com to check yeah. all this out. Yes, they could. And so the workshop this week, that's for adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a two-day program, really in-depth. And the great thing about it is it allows the participants to start to dive into the work mm-hmm. and actually do it. So it's not right. something that they are just learning about on the surface. And then, you know, I, I'm really adamant. I don't want people to leave and sure. not look at it. Mm-hmm. The idea here is this is something that you can really integrate mm-hmm. into life and that the skills are super useful even on a day-to-day basis. Sure. And then the teen program one of the things that will really be emphasized in that program, there's a section in the book and in the companion guide, which mm-hmm. is the guide is what we take people through. And the teen guide is what's being developed and will be available at that workshop and then online eventually, mm-hmm. is there's a section in there after we look at this foundational piece about our beliefs and principles and values is what I call optimal me. Oh, yeah, I love that. Let's chat about that. Yeah, and that to me is really, it's like a self-regulation and almost like a a self-wellness and assessment for mental health and just where our state of mind is. Mm -hmm. And so there are several key areas of that that I talk about, one of them being, you know, most of us have about seven to 10 sort of daily or weekly rituals Mm -hmm. that we will just do as a matter of habit. Like we don't even have to think twice about it. So for me, one of those is, you know, I prefer to go to sleep without any dishes in my sink. (laughs) I think that's noble. You know, the end of the day, if there are no dishes in the sink, it's a good day because I prefer to wake up and come into a clean kitchen. So on my list, that's one of my things Mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, I I would normally have all of the dishes in the dishwasher before I go to bed uh, because of the profession that Mm -hmm. we're in and showing homes. You know, my car, uh, when things are humming along, I'm washing my car at least once a week Mm -hmm. in our weather or with cleats, you know, cleats and boys going in and out of the car. Um, But this list that we formulate, if all of a sudden we realize we're suddenly not doing some of those things Mm -hmm. or it's been... 10 days or two weeks (laughs) since I washed my car or, uh, huh, you know, isn't this interesting? There have been dishes in the sink a few nights. Mm -hmm. It's just a really great way to have this self-check to be able to recognize those things in an instant when when you notice them. Sure. And to just kind of say, you know, is everything okay? You know, am I, what's going on here? Because if if it goes on for more than a few days, it's really an indicator that something's off. Right. I think that is such a valuable mm-hmm. tip yeah. and important thing to have. It's really, I think there's a lot to be said there, that self-awareness of something is yeah. out of alignment. Yeah, and what a great thing to teach teenagers mm-hmm. at that point. You Absolutely. Know, they, they already have some of their own routines mm-hmm. established. And, and when they learn what those are and that, that doing those things actually helps make life easier for sure. them. It's it's a good way, too, for parents to just have that extra awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we sort of can get that as a sixth sense sometimes about, right. uh, you know, something feels off with sure. one of our kids. But for them to start to have the awareness, because in, in my uh, in the volunteer time with the program on the youth mental health, in one of the studies that was done, it, it shows that kids that are demonstrating 
traits of mental health issues, whether it's depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. um, something that they're struggling with, that the average time of recognizing something's wrong mm-hmm. versus going and actually seeing a professional for mm-hmm. help is three years. I believe it. And that is too long. Yeah. I mean, it, it just is too long. And I think that it's a combination. I think sometimes as parents, mm-hmm. you know, that can be a really scary position to be in, to sure. hear or to think that, oh, my gosh, you know, my kid seems like they're withdrawing or, um, wow, they seem, you know, closed mm-hmm. off or depressed. Um, <clears throat> but if we can see that the best thing we can do is actually get them to help sooner. Right. Huge. Life changing. It's so much better because otherwise that's oftentimes when they turn to numbing out. Exactly. With drugs or alcohol or food or um, any, any of those things. Of things. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I love it. Um, so many pearls of wisdom today. If you can make, excuse me, wait, make one of Dana's mm-hmm. workshops, I highly encourage it, either the one for adults this week or the one for teens at the end of the week. But if nothing else, get her book, Live Your Gift, with mm-hmm. the companion guide. Because to read it is one thing. To actually do the exercises yeah. is so important. Um, and it's, I think it's really helpful that, to have that companion guide. Yeah. For sure. To go with it. And you can find all of that on your website, right? You can. Mm-hmm. Live, life, I almost said live your <laughs> gift, but lifemappinginstitute.com. Yes. And is where all of that is located. Yeah. And it's on Amazon as well. So. Oh, great. You can get it Yeah, there. so they can get it in all kinds of different things. And mm-hmm. you, have, um, you have all kinds of great quotes in your book. So I thought I'd read one. Do not wait. The time will never be just right. Start where you stand and work with whatever tools you may have at your command. And better tools will be found as you go along from Napoleon Hill. I think it's quotes are great. They're always yes. good for inspiration. I think so too. So yeah. So there you go, everybody. Life mapping with all of, again, you have such a great foundation. All of this is about so much more than just mm-hmm. coming up with a goal of I want X or something like that. Thank and you're you. so um, perfect to lead people through that. And, and I just think it's fantastic that you're doing this for teens. It's so important. They need it so much and to create that environment for them. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So Dana Adams has mm-hmm. been our guest today with the Life Mapping Institute. You can find links to everything on the website after the show, com forward slash podcast. And if you have questions about real estate, especially all the new stuff in the media about the new laws, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to chat with you about it. You can find me via email, Nicole at NicoleMangina.com. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.